you know any places any Sega nerds hang out around here? Everybody and welcome to the Sega Nerdcast 115. That's right, 115 Nerdcasts. Brilliant. Um, we've got a great Jesus. Nerdcast for you today. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a great show for you guys today. We have with me, as always, Marcin. Um, Hello. Chris, unfortunately, can't make us this week, so you, you're left with me to try and host, which is going to be embarrassing, obviously. But with us, we have Tom from the Dreamcast Junkyard. Say hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. No, thank you thank you very much for having me on the on the it's a pleasure an honor even excellent excellent and tom's not the only guest we also have and i really apologize in advance for this we have rule is that right i can't remember that's that's perfectly all right. you rolled yes, the r the first time and okay. now you just completely omitted that yeah i got, I got yeah, scared it's, it's I got... fine it's still an r <laughs> brilliant so got, you know, from the senile team so welcome welcome to the show guys Thank you. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, um, so yeah, we're going to be discussing Senile Team's uh, latest Kickstarter project, Intrepid Izzy, and maybe a little bit of chat with Tom about Dreamcast Junkyard. He can also throw his uh, influence and information, of wealth of knowledge, as it were, on Intrepid Izzy into the show, which is fantastic. Uh, so yeah, we're chatting with those guys. Uh, we've got our usual Sega stuff, including some of the latest news, and yeah, let's let's get on with the show. So Martin, do you want to start us off with the news? I will start off with the news. Excellent. So the first first bit uh, we can talk about is uh, the latest batch of Sega Forever titles, specifically uh, Store of Thor, Beyond Oasis. They're out. Uh, it's out now on Android and Apple users. If you're an Apple user, it's on iOS. Yeah. Uh, so have you guys played these before? Because I will be honest, I have not. <laughs> so, I yeah. have to admit I've I've never played these either. But uh, I went onto the uh, the Apple Store uh, earlier before we started recording and had a quick look and uh, yeah they, they seem to have a quite a good array of games now on the uh, sega forever service i'm quite impressed uh, but like yourself mass and i haven't played either of these games so uh, no. that's about as much as i can say sorry just to highlight uh, one I, thing it is I, actually I, one game sorry they're two different names uh, for the same game but yeah so, sorry continue or... that just shows how much knowledge i have on this, <laughs> on this topic <laughs> I, I haven't played it either but i did sit next to someone who played it Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's more than what we've been doing. So. <laughs> but what do you guys? What do you guys think about? Game. It's a, it looks uh, really good, and um, but it's. it's uh, I think it's a really good game. Yeah, well, well, and I, I should just, probably uh, play it sometime. <laughs> you know, in, in like you know a week or after this podcast, we can play it. But I guess we could kind of just to quickly kind of discuss maybe the overall uh, status of what you guys think the Sega Forever title or the Sega Forever platform you know how it's doing do you guys think so far so good do you think uh there should be they, they should do a better job of putting in you know better titles what titles do you guys want to see in the future um, I, I think i'm quite impressed with it overall i know that when the service launched there was a lot of talk about you know frame rate wasn't great and you know they should have used this x emulator instead of y emulator but on the whole the games i played i think i think they're quite you know they're quite good, and the um, I use an iPhone, so uh, the touch controls on the iPhone are, are pretty decent as well. Um, as far as 
which kind of games would I like to see? Obviously, I'd like to see more Dreamcast stuff on there. Uh, I know they've got um, Virtua Tennis and Crazy Taxi already on the service, but yeah. I'd like to see some stuff that maybe isn't so so common because you, with these like retro re-releases from Sega, you always kind of get the same games, and I'd like to see some more obscure Dreamcast games get re-released on Sega forever. You know, stuff like um, I don't know, like Metropolis Street Racer or something like that. You know, something really kind of you know just not obscure, but just not the same old games over and over again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, I've actually played uh, Story of Thor um, on the Mega Drive itself. Uh, not actually played it on Sega Forever yet. I did download it, but I haven't actually played it yet. And uh, I, the, out of all the Sega Forever releases, this is one that's actually got me really excited because it's not one that's always been released. I think there is a version available on Steam, but otherwise, I don't think it's ever really. It's not really been released much on other platforms. So this one actually excited me because it's also, it's a pretty cool game. It's like kind of. The best way to describe it, it's kind of like a Zelda-esque game, like a top-down sort of RPG yeah. adventure type game. Uh, a little bit different to Zelda. It feels um, oh, a bit more, I don't know how to, a bit more complex almost, like with the, the animations and the fighting and stuff. Um, it's it's a really cool game, though, so I'm very excited. I'm really, this is one game I really want to play on my um, iPod. Um, but yeah, the other games, as you say, Tom, I kind of they've all been released before on other platforms it's kind of like how many Sonics do I really need? I mean I love Sonic the Hedgehog I will always oh, yeah, download yeah. it but at the same time it's like I have this on pretty much every system that's got a screen on it <laughs> yeah, yeah I've got right. it on I've got, uh, I've got it on the Mega Drive I've got it on the Mega CD I've got it on the Saturn you know Sonic Jam I've got it on yeah. you know <laughs> multiple <laughs> devices with Sonic games on. I don't want any more Sonic it's too much obviously apart from Sonic Mania that's <laughs> thing but uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy um, but yeah um, uh, Rule uh, what about you uh, well, I have very little to say about it because I, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I kind of lost interest when I read that this was um, mobile only. So ah, I don't yeah. really play mobile games. Yeah, that, I, that is one of the things that people were kind of like saying. Because eh, I, I, I was hoping initially when they announced Sega Forever that it would be in the same vein as maybe like another app like Netflix or Hulu, where it could yeah. be an application you could download on more than just like mobile devices. Maybe I could play it on PlayStation Four, or if I wanted to, right on the Android TV uh, that I have. Uh, it's like a Sony Bravia. Um, that's initially what I was hoping would be, and I hope maybe they expand it into those other platforms. Because for me, sometimes, you know, mobile controls aren't the best, you know, also depending on how big your screen is. Mine is kind of tiny, so I have big hands. Um, <laughs> and it, it kind of sucks sometimes playing uh, mobile games on them. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I do want to see more Saturn games, uh, some Dreamcast games that haven't been released before. We've seen Crazy Taxi before. Um, and Virtua Tennis is interesting, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, but, although, yeah, I'd like to see more. Actually, the Virtua Tennis on the Sega for Everything isn't Virtua Tennis. It's like the mobile yeah, game they released. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually so kind it's, of not... So it's not even... It's not so, actually but they're, Dreamcast. Are they brand, they're branding it as Dreamcast, right? I don't think they are. I'm not sure. I believe it because it's, it's called Virtual Tennis Challenge and it was made for the iPhone. It hasn't got any actual... Te- te- you know how like Virtual Tennis series has famous people in it? It's like got, you know, Tim Hemman mm. and whoever. Um, the, this has got no one, like no actual tennis players in it and you're just a random person trying to make your way through the ranks. And I played it and I honestly thought it was one of the worst games I've played in ages. I hated it <laughs> yeah. so much. I, I think because I'm used to vir- actual virtual tennis and I love virtual tennis. So I was just playing it going 
this is not a fun game i'm just not enjoying it compared to the other virtual tennis games so i don't yeah. know um but yeah it's um but yeah that's if, pretty much why um i didn't cover it on the dreamcast junkyard because i knew it was kind of a mobile game but obviously it's using the same like you know the, the mark if you want to call it that yeah. on virtual tennis so um yeah. interesting facts for you though graham if you if you like interesting facts i, I love uh, interesting facts uh, the only other virtual tennis game that doesn't have any real uh, p- players in it, I believe, is the Game Boy Advance version. Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually didn't know it was even on the Game Boy Advance, so I'm going to look out for that. Fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's fantastic. There's one mini game where you have to um, you have to destroy a massive beef burger with your tennis balls. So, uh, <laughs> what <laughs> an holy <laughs> That's a good shot, Bob. Awesome. So, let's... Yeah, it's, let's uh, move on to the next bit of news. Uh, that ha- it has to do with the Sonic Comic Universe and kind of the uh, current status of it. So uh, during New York's Comic Con, uh, they basically formally announced and kind of delved into further detail uh, about the future of Sonic Comics. It's now being uh, published by IDW Publishing. Uh, they're taking over the production of Sonic the Hedgehog uh, after nearly 15 years of being with Archie. Uh, the main comic will begin uh, publishing next year in 2018, and they've uh, published a short series of digital Sonic Forces comic strips uh, to kind of help promote Sonic Forces, which is coming out next month. So, any thoughts on the Sonic comics, or you know, shitting on Sonic Forces, all of the above? <laughs> um, interestingly. Um the, I used to read um, well I didn't used to read it, I used to get it every now and then when I was a kid um, it was a, it was a comic called Sonic the Comic which is the mm. European or the UK version yeah. of, the, uh, of this uh, production and I don't think it's actually related in any way is it to the Archie comics? Version? No it's not they're actually completely different yeah we had, we had yeah. a different one over here <laughs> which uh, only lasted a few years whereas their one lasted 15 years basically which is a bit annoying for us yeah yeah, so when I see a lot of this stuff on like Twitter and Facebook, etc., I'm kind of it's kind of lost on me because we don't really have the same what's the word um, like heritage with this kind of mm. thing, you know, the, the comics of Sonic the Hedgehog because we had Sonic the Comic, like I say, and you, I only we could only find it in one shop near where I lived, and it was just like, oh yeah, okay, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't think we've got the same uh, connection to it in this country. I don't know what, how you feel about it, Graham. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same. Like, uh, I'm not a massive comic book buyer. I mean, I used to buy the Beano and Dandy. That's probably only yeah. UK people actually know what that is. But well, 2008 was... as well. I used to get you remember 2008. I know it, but I've never never got it. No idea. Nah. So yeah, and other than that, like <laughs> comic books, like Mar- I don't get by any Marvel or DC comic books or anything. I think I've got like the yeah. one or two X Men ones that my brother gave me once or something. But otherwise, like Sonic, I didn't even get Sonic comic or anything. So. Yeah, I'm out of this one, I think. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of cool they're keeping it going and they've found a new publisher, I think. I'm I'm happy for the franchise and stuff, so... Yeah. Um, what, about, what about you guys? Same here. I've seen some Sonic comics from a distance, but I don't think they, they were the Archie ones. No. <laughs> seen them from a distance, I like that. <laughs> you, stay, you stayed clear of them. <laughs> I've, I've read... Uh... A uh, couple of, of them. I was at, when I was younger. I, I definitely collected a, a bunch. But a, apparently, when we were having this discussion with uh, David, who's one of our writers for Mega Visions uh, and Nintendo Force, I guess uh, he said the ones that I've been collecting was basically like the shit years of Sonic. <laughs> comics. I, I enjoy them personally, but hey, 
Um, but I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of glad that they're uh, <clears throat> they they got a new publisher, and I, I mean they, they essentially it's basically like a <clears throat> a reboot of uh, the the whole franchise. I don't think they're gonna be bringing any oh maybe maybe some of the Archie characters that 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 have been kind of. Because like Sally Acorn, I, I'm pretty sure that's exclusive to the comics and, and the, the TV, the cartoon series. Okay, yeah, because I, I was wondering if, if Archie Comics had their, ever like introduced their own characters to the franchise. Would that be owned by Sega or would that be owned by Archie? Um, I mean, so. I'm sure Sega would own those as well. Um, okay. But but yeah, they are uh, doing their own thing and I'm looking forward to it. So we'll hmm. see. We have a couple of people on our staff who are very excited, so... Ooh. Yeah, oh yeah, Christina is very, very excited for it. So, Chris, uh, Christina and we, uh, Jarvis was actually there at the panel and he was asking some questions on behalf of us chatting. Uh, but, but it, like uh, the, the event itself was not, not, not too, you know, newsworthy. Like they didn't say entirely new things. Um, so it was slightly a bit of a disappointment, but you know we'll we'll, we'll get, probably get more information as the year rolls on. Mm-hmm. Um, so next bit of news: uh, the Sega and Atlas online shop is coming to North America. So this is kind of awkward because I think I'm the only one in <laughs> North America on this podcast. Um, they have the uh, store actually opening tomorrow. For Atlas USA, I think Sega's is also around the same time. I'm pretty sure they're two separate shops, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, They are rolling out merchandise stores tomorrow. It's going to include things like, you know, hats and pins and looks like coasters and T-shirts. So Atlas USA's uh, merch shop will launch October 16th, uh, which is tomorrow. Uh, And current like once it launches the items that you will see are going to be available for pre-order so it's not like it's going to ship immediately once you hit purchase and you know you'll see it in like four to five business days it's 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 uh currently Uh, just going to be pre-order um and then a preview of sega shop is uh available to look at right now it's basically a, a, a wallpaper of you know the mega drive uh and it looks pretty trippy, so we'll see how that one looks. But that—that's basically it. I'm, what do you guys think about the idea of, of Sega now launching its own like merchandise shop? I feel like it's—it's it's, probably should be something they should have done a, a while ago. I'm yeah, it like because I mean, yeah. N- Nintendo's had like a Nintendo shop and stuff. I think a Sega shop makes sense. Um, I'm just confused why they're not doing a joint Sega and Atlas shop because Sega it, it, owns it Atlas. It could be, but it's—I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like Atlas announced an Atlas USA shop, and then it said that Sega announced the Sega shop. But I don't know. They'll probably have hot links on the on the toolbar above that'll say, you know, Atlas USA shop here. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm quite. Um, I'll, I'll be watching it with interest when it launches. I'm quite. Uh, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big Sega fan. I, I, I've, I've heard rumors that there is um, a European version coming in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of stuff they have on the store, and you know what we can expect to get over here as well. Yeah. But yeah, anything with anything with Sega, I'm, I'm most likely going to buy it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it so. says the Sega shop is coming the 17th, so it looks like a day after oh, okay. uh, the Atlas USA shop. So it says it'll feature exclusive merchandise from your favorite titles. It's interesting that it's. Um, 
I mean, I don't. I mean, this one doesn't say if it's North America or not, but that's what it looks like, which is interesting because I figured Sega's probably more popular in Europe, honestly, hmm. with the uh, amount of games and things based out of there. But uh, that's yeah, true. yeah, most most of their studios are based out of here now, aren't they? Yeah, like A lot UK of them and are. Europe. Yeah, um, huh. but guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I wonder if we'll get like lots of Football Manager stuff and you know Total War stuff over here. Whereas in America, you might get more Sonic yeah, stuff. <laughs> we get we get the raw deal then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get Football Manager, Total War. See the one they obsessed with? Um, is it Autosport Manager or something, or Motorsport Manager or something oh, like yeah. that? <laughs> That's a really good game, actually. I've played it. it. I, I played it, reviewed oh, right. it, and I thought it was actually a really fun. I'm not into motorsport in the slightest. I like really don't like F1 racing or anything, and. I was playing this game and it was actually like, this is really enjoyable what I'm doing right now, yeah. Um, I'll, so, take, yeah. I'll take that back then. I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably not for everyone, but I was really enjoying it, so I was very happy with it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so hopefully where, we'll see something. Where, would you Would you wear a T-shirt with Motorsport Manager written on it? That's would the I? Yes, yeah, I would you go out in public and wear it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Not in the comfort of your own home, out in public to Tesco or something. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. Say, I, I'm not sure if I'd definitely buy one, but if Sega is willing, cough cough. <clears throat> if Sega is willing to buy me one, then yeah, I'd wear that. <laughs> I'd promote the game for them. <laughs> I'd go have a baseball cap, a tracksuit, you know, motorsport manager everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And his email is graham at SegaNerds dot com if you're interested. <laughs> um, but yeah, that basically does it for the news, guys. Yeah, I think that's the main news for the, the last week or so. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's move on to our main feature discussion. Oh yes, so now I, I, I'm going to apologise again. Roll, roll. <laughs> I can't pronounce your name. So, sorry, rule, rule, roll. <laughs> sorry. Um, so yeah. Um, it's on, it's on to your interview, too. buddy. Uh, <laughs> we uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about uh, yeah, well, essentially you really and uh, your latest projects and stuff and senile team. So um, yeah, um, taking away, I guess for if anyone who doesn't know who you are, um, could you tell us a bit about yourself, like your background in gaming, how you got into development, and I guess about senile team if, if possible. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, except. That's almost. I, I always think that's the hardest question when I have to talk about <laughs> myself because it goes against my um, um, my humility, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, yeah, what can, what can I tell you about myself? Um, obviously, I'm uh, I'm part of CNL team. Um, I'm the uh, programmer and artist. Um, I think everyone at CNL team is a, a bit of a game designer cool. because game design is a, a, a usually a joint effort. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, uh, in Intrepid Izzy's case, it's it's my own design. Cool. Um, and as for my background in gaming, um, well, let's see what, what what constitutes a background. Well, what got, okay, what got you into? What got you started in gaming? Like, um, did you just wake up one day and be like, "I'm going to start programming," or did you play some games? Or did you get a Game Boy or a Game Gear or a Mega Drive? And, and, oh, my so. uh, my first uh, my first uh, game console was an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Good, nice. So that was uh, that was a long time ago, and um, well, it's, I, I 
thought it was really fascinating from the start just to um, be able to see something move on the on the TV screen when you press a button. So um, it was a, it was a magical device to me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I never thought in that time that I could ever actually make games because I had no idea how it was done. Um, I was only later in uh, in school when when um, a classmate showed me uh, how to program a computer using BASIC, and um, well, it uh, it took away some of the magic, but uh, <laughs> it, did, it did give me a, a new hobby. And uh, from that point on, I just uh, I, I, I just kept uh, kept going. First, uh, tried to make it. Uh, a breakout clone in uh, in basic and later learned C and uh, and then started to make some uh, some more complex games awesome That's and uh, I think I've been I think I've been involved in some kind of uh, game development project every day since Wow, excellent. That's so cool. Yeah, cuz I've always sort of uh, I've always wondered how people get into the sort of gaming development so I never actually learned, learned stuff like that at school, so I never actually got that chance, I guess. Like, my school wasn't very good for, for computers and stuff. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Like, um, so, like, like regarding Senile Team, was that, like, the first sort of proper venture, I guess, as it were, into releasing games publicly for you? Or did you do stuff before that? Um, so what happened there? Um, well, I, I was working on a... a personal project before that but I never actually finished it then with some friends we made um, a mod for, for Quake uh, I, I'm not actually sure if we ever released it but um, probably uploaded it somewhere at some point uh, it was called Stinking Badgers and it, <laughs> and it <laughs> we, actually, we actually named it after a phrase in, uh, in a, uh, an, an Al Yankovic movie um, where someone says we don't need our stinking badges we, we thought, oh well we do <laughs> so we'll call it stinking badges it didn't make any sense it didn't have to most of the things we do don't make a lot of sense uh, naming wise um, anyway it's uh, it was fun making a, making a quake mod of course and very uh, educational because um, quake had the uh, unique ability or near unique ability at that time to um, to actually change the code of the game so um, I learned a lot and uh, I think when I started making Beats of Rage um, the way I set up the code was actually very heavily influenced by uh, by the way it was done in Quake oh okay awesome so is senile team kind of like your full time job now or are you do you have uh, another uh, career that you have on the side, or is this your side job and you have another full time job? Well, that that depends. <laughs> uh, if if the Kickstarter succeeds, uh, we can actually call this a job. Um, <laughs> but if it doesn't, it's just a very expensive hobby right. <laughs> uh, that I am doing full time now. I, I've I've been doing it for a, for a few months um, in preparation of the Kickstarter, but. Um, Mostly, it was just something I did on the side. Mm. Cool. Wow. Um, and you actually just mentioned it about Beats of Rage. Um, that's probably one of the uh, titles I guess uh, CNL team is sort of best known for in a way, because uh, as you sort of mentioned, it allowed developers to like uh, other gamers to also mod the game and stuff. Um, um, did you always like 
plan it to be sort of a game that could be modded or was that just like a happy coincidence of like once you've made the game people could just sort of they just worked out they could mod it yeah we, we didn't plan it that way originally um but it's not quite a coincidence either because uh when we were making the game we of course we needed to edit the files ourselves so uh, I tried to make that as easy as possible with uh, with rudimentary tools like simply Notepad and such. Um, so when we decided to release all the source code and uh, editing instructions, uh, it was just a, a very small step, really, from um, being able to edit the game ourselves to letting other people uh, edit it as well. So it's not quite a coincidence. It, um, but it's, uh, it also wasn't originally planned. Yeah. That way. Okay. Yeah. Because I think I think that's one of the things about Beats of Rage. It's uh, one of the things that's so special. First of all, it's an excellent game. I mean, I, I downloaded it when it sort of first came out and stuff. I loved it. But it's, Thank it's, you. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's also it's it's just it's just fascinating. It's like now hundreds of versions of Beats of Rage essentially that people have just gone on and made, and um, they're, they're all really good fun and stuff. So it's, I guess, it's yeah. kind of like a great legacy almost for the game in a way. Um, uh, like, um, do you, do you, are you kind of? Um, I assume I assume you, you guys that seen our team are pretty proud of that. Like, it's kind of, uh, as I say, yeah, a great legacy to have. And um, oh, definitely, yeah, awesome. How do you? Yeah, it's, it's really great to see how, uh, how people are s- still developing uh, bits of rage mods and uh, further developing the engine even now, uh, so many years later. Yeah. Rule, how do you feel about people kind of selling bits of rage? Because I, I I look on eBay quite mm. often and I, I see quite a few uh, copy, you know, different versions of bits of rage for sale, um, and it's it's almost as if they're kind of profiting off of your work really i mean uh, it's it is and it doesn't make me happy and um uh we uh said from the start when we when we released it that uh, that it was freeware and that no one should yeah. be selling it and mm-hmm. uh, it said so on uh well in, in the code and and in uh, every uh, readme file we uh distributed with and um we also made some uh, with some cover art and it and it also clearly had a warning don't sell but you know people just uh people just erase that and sell it anyway mm. uh, that's 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 a shame i didn't actually realize that was happening that's really bad actually yeah yeah there's, there's there's tons of them on, on you know you get these repros and people put these like compilations together um but it's, it's interesting because a lot of um like sort of not homebrew but like indie releases not just for the dreamcast but for other other consoles they usually do have this kind of disclaimer i was looking at um you know the uh, the Dream SNES for the Dreamcast uh, the other day, and the first thing that it says when it pops up when the Dreamcast loaded is, "If you paid from if you paid money for this, um, you've been duped basically because we created this for free." So, okay. yeah, um, yeah. So, and sorry, I just I just wanted to uh, ask that question because, like I say, I keep seeing these come up on on different groups and on eBay, etc. So yeah, it's good to get it from your actual mouth that you're not happy with it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of the games that you uh, have developed uh, were for the Dreamcast. Is there a reason why you kind of kept supporting the system, uh, including uh, Intrepid Izzy? I hope it's Izzy, not Izzy. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. (laughs) It's Izzy. Good. Good. Uh, It's Izzy, so it must be Izzy. Yeah. (laughs) 
uh, have you ever thought about developing up for other Sega platforms like the Mega Drive, the Master System, the Saturn, uh, or like why why the Dreamcast specifically? Oh, if I if, if I were to go and uh, Mega Drive or even Master System, I'd be making uh, making it very hard for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd uh, I'd actually prefer to go forward and and have some more uh, options. Yeah. Instead of uh, instead of limiting myself even further, uh, it would be really cool though. And um, I actually really love my Saturn and my uh, Mega Drive, and I'd love to do something. Uh, I'd love to make a game on them, of course. But um, Saturn, uh, of course, has very good copy protection. Mm. So that's uh, that's a, that could be a problem. Yeah. Uh, my 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 own Saturn is uh, is unmodded, so I can't even run uh, copied uh, games on it. Um, yeah, Mega Drive, you'd have to distribute it as uh, as on cartridges or on an SD card for people uh, who actually have an uh, an EverDrive or just play it on an emulator. It's it's not quite as uh, it doesn't feel as real as uh, as. Mm. A, a Dreamcast game where, where you just pop it in a normal unmodified console and it works. Yeah. yeah. I suppose there's a combination of things. I mean, I'm not a developer, but by any stretch of the imagination, I can barely turn my computer on. But um, <laughs> I suppose the things uh, with the Dreamcast lined up in such a way that, you know, you've got no copy protection on the disc or for the majority of models. You've got quite a powerful system still, really, when you look, look at it. And also, um, yeah, I mean, it's... Again, not, not being a programmer, I can't really speak from experience, but apparently it's quite an easy console to develop for. So I suppose when the planets align in that way, it makes it a, a perfect platform to continue to make new software for. Is that Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's, that's how I feel too. And um, well, w- one other reason why, uh, why I'm so um, attached to the Dreamcast is because uh, when we released Beats of Rage and uh, different ports were made for different uh, platforms, the Dreamcast version was actually by far the most popular. So uh, mm. we really um, had a connection with the community then, and uh, I hope that's still, um, that connection is still uh, strong. Well, I think I think it is. I mean, obviously your pedigree on the Dreamcast, uh, it speaks for itself, you know, Beats of Rage, um, and then obviously there's... Um, Rush Rush Rally Racing, which is absolutely awesome, by the way. Thank you for making that game. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for liking it. <laughs> I love the sense of humour and everything. It's just fantastic. Uh, I've, got, I've got the original version here, you know, the, the Red Spot Games one. And um, I just wanted to ask you something random, off topic. What's the um, story behind the chicken with the wheels? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, just, it's just one of those weird ideas that came up in my brother's uh, head. He... Oh. Um, <laughs> He makes the uh, the animations for the he made the animations for for Beats of Rage and for uh, Russia Rally Racing, um, most of them anyway. And uh, it's always a mystery what he's going to make uh, because <laughs> he never tells us exactly when it'll be finished. He, he does. He usually doesn't even tell us that he's working on anything. And then suddenly he has this really weird or really great or really unusual bit of uh, bit of animation and um, well most of us were just as surprised as you were <laughs> sorry is it, has he ever done anything that you've kind of looked at and gone mm, no I don't think so like this has been a bit too a bit too off the wall kind of thing 
Um, no, I, I, I kind of no. like I kind of right. like the, uh, the randomness of it all. <laughs> so do I. So, yeah. Well, except <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not entirely true. When he made that chicken the first time, he actually made uh, uh, he actually added some uh, some audio, and uh, in, instead of just music, there was uh, there was the bit where the um, uh, if, you, if you look at the intro, the, the um, it, it's laughing, right? The, yeah. Uh, the t- well, that used to be a voice sample that said, I am a cock. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, that went a bit too far. But otherwise, I don't think he's ever done anything that's, uh, that I had to reject. Oh, man. I would have kept that in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I used to get my hands on that game, actually. It's one of those games I've always sort of wanted to get, but never actually had a chance to buy it. So maybe. That's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or I would, I would say get the. Um, well, the original one's great, but uh, Rush Rush Rally Reloaded was recently released for the Dreamcast, so that's mm. probably the best version to get. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll try and get both. I Let's think see so. what happens. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Um,. So let's let's actually move a bit more onto your current project, uh, Intrepid Izzy, as Martin sort of mentioned. Um, yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, um, essentially, uh, CNR team has gone for the the Kickstarter route this time uh, for the game. Um, I mean, I'm sure this is a very obvious question. Uh, there's going to be an obvious answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, is there a specific reason why you went for a Kickstarter this time round? Because previously, um, you'd sort of released your games um like rush rush rally and stuff like as as tom's sort of mentioned like through red spot and um uh through other means um in the past so why are you going for kickstarter this time basically um well uh because uh let's start with beats of rage we made that game um when we made that when we made beats of rage i was still living with my parents so um everything was taken care of and <laughs> That's, that was easy enough, um, but now I I live on my own. I have to make uh, I have to make money to uh, sure. to yeah. live. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that that's a big difference. Uh, yeah. And uh, with Rush Rush Rally Racing, it it just took a very long time to make the game because if you can only make it uh, after hours or in the weekends, um, yeah, game development just it just takes a lot of time and yeah. if I want to make this game um, quickly enough that I can actually still enjoy making it uh, I'll just need to be able to uh, work on it full time mm. uh, also it's it's just really annoying for, for people who are actually waiting for the game to have to wait for it for years sure. so it's uh, it's it's fairer to us and it's fairer to uh, to uh, the fans I think if uh, if we actually get funded yeah yeah that's cool yeah. Hey, how, how's how's the uh, reception been kind of uh, regarding the kickstarters that people are following you know your kickstarter you've got updates and whatnot how how, how has the reception been from people yeah, very positive I think um, just uh, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, People saying how, how how much they like the graphics. Of course, there are always some people who don't like it. But you know, <laughs> that's any style of graphics. You'll uh, you'll have some people that like it and some people who don't. But um, especially uh, reactions from um, from uh, other other game developers were, were very positive because they actually know how much work uh, goes into something like this. So uh, mm. so it's it's um, 
it's really nice to hear that they're uh, they're impressed with the uh, with the animations uh, sp- particularly that's cool yeah I, I, from actually from the kickstarter like comments and stuff do you um do you uh, ever get any sort of feedback and you think oh actually I, yeah that's a good idea we might adjust like i don't know for, for example like the audio or i don't know like an animation type of thing would like if someone said that looks a bit weird would you actually use that as a gauge to try and adjust things or are you just very much like you, you've got your own vision you want to you want to do it your way um yeah, just wondering if there's any sort of bounce back that um sort of community almost community involvement indirectly in in, in the game as as it were now if um if, if people actually have uh something um sensible to say about it then of course i'm i'm willing to listen um so far, we haven't really had. Well, I don't want to say no. Nobody said anything sensible, but I mean, <laughs> we haven't really had much feedback of that uh, of that type. Uh, okay. There hasn't been anyone saying, you know, try this uh, animation differently or anything like that. Mm. There have been some, uh, actually, a lot of requests to add um, support for Xbox or Linux or uh, the. Um, uh, what's it called? <laughs> the switch. switch. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was one of those people. I'm sorry. I, I yeah. just had to ask the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, I, I understand. And, and of course, I'd, uh, ideally, we'd, we'd support every uh, console in existence, but um, that's just not feasible. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and it makes complete sense. I mean, you, you actually messaged me back and saying, yeah, obviously. It's coming, yeah. For those who don't know, it's on the dream. It's coming to the Dreamcast, uh, PS4, and PC. Um, and I guess, yeah, as you say, there's, you know, you've got a limited amount of time and limited amount of budget. You can't really make it for everything and stuff. So yeah, it makes sense to sort of start with those ones. And I mean, down down the line, if it's really successful, um, w- would you consider like going for the other platforms then? Yes, of course. That that, that would. Um Ideally, like I said, we'd support every platform. So mm. I, I think the more the merrier. If if it really is a success, uh, then, uh, then I'd love to bring it to uh, to other systems as well. Awesome, awesome. Um, and in fact, we haven't actually really mentioned much about this. So, um, like, can you for the folks at home, maybe the people who don't really know what it's about, can you tell us what the game is about? Um, like uh, the storyline, perhaps, and I guess the style of gameplay and stuff. <laughs> Uh, storyline is something we're still uh, we're still working on. Um, okay. So um, it's and also I think it's something I even if I did have a very clear idea, I have some ideas of course about what the story is about, but um, anything might still change at this point. So I, right. I probably okay. better not say what it's. Uh, what the story is exactly about because it'll probably be very different by the time it's uh, finished. <laughs> so you, can um, make, you can make up anything right now. Just do this. But yeah, it's uh, it's about uh, it's about Izzy, of course, um, uh, who is um, uh, based on on someone I, I knew in real life. Um, ah. I, I knew someone there. Who uh, surprised me with uh, with purple hair? So I like <laughs> and I like the purple. So I, I based uh, I use that in my uh, design for the for the game. Fantastic. Um, and um, it's a it's a combination of, of platforming and beat 'em up and adventure. Uh, probably um, could be described as a Metroidvania. 
because ah, uh, okay. That that doesn't really show in the uh, in the demo yet because the demo is just a, a few short uh, short levels or actually fragments of levels. Yeah. But uh, the the way I set it up is uh, uh, it's done in such a way that that it can make the levels really really huge. Uh, and at some point there'll probably be uh, uh, a map system in the game and um, much more dialogue and some some uh, some way to steer the player to uh, areas that they've visited before. But once you've got uh, once you've got a new costume and the new powers that come with it, you can uh, you can replay the same bit of level and reach different uh, areas. And yeah. so it, it should. Um, you should uh, always have some uh, areas that you play again because the second time you play it, it'll, it'll be very different. It's interesting that you mention the term Metroidvania because I definitely got a, um, a feel of that from playing the demo, which yeah. is great, by the way. Good, um, good. The, um, the the way that you kind of go between different worlds almost with the like the magic mirror portals, mm. um, it kind of harked back to, uh, as you say, like Metroid and Castlevania. I just thought it was really, really cool. I also like the effects that you used on the on the mirrors themselves, with the little lights going into like infinity. That was really <laughs> cool. I wasn't expecting to see that. It's little things like that that you see that make you appreciate, you know, the little details that a developer puts into mm. a game like the ones that you make. So yeah, I like that. It's cool. Is there like That's... a sp- specific reason why you went for a platformer instead of like a beat 'em up or another racing game? Did you have like is it was it a conscious decision or just kind of you know turned into a platformer? What was um, the reason? It's uh, well, I've I've done uh, the British um, Rally Racing for Dreamcast and then for Wii and then a re-release on Dreamcast and, and I've really seen enough of racing games for a while so <laughs> I don't think I'm going to make another racing game for at least a couple of years Ah, fair enough so- And um, well, I've, I've always wanted to do a, a platform game I think it's um, uh, when I think of 2D gaming and platform games are one of the first things that, that spring to mind. It's uh, it's a very versatile genre. I think you can you can look at some different platformers and, and get a very different um, very different implementation of the gameplay uh, therein. What what I did notice as well is um, I know Martin just mentioned uh, beat em ups there, but the the way that Izzy herself does have a kind of um, like a move set that is quite reminiscent of what you would get in a fighting game. So maybe there's some mm. elements of Beats of Rage maybe being drawn into it. Um, the way that you can do uh, combinations and like you can make her do a Hadouken and that kind of thing. I thought that was really, really cool because I didn't actually, I didn't know you could do that until I just accidentally put that combination of button presses in and then I did a Hadouken and I was like, what? What just happened <laughs> then? <laughs> so, and, and the, 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 the sort of the, just the way that the combos kind of flow when you're like basically beating up the enemies. I just I thought that was really nice. Uh, it, it doesn't, and I hope you don't take it the wrong way, but it doesn't feel like a Dreamcast game. It feels like a modern gen, like you mm. know, 2D scrolling beat 'em up. Um, I've been playing a game a lot called Wolverblade on the Switch, and it kind of reminds me of that almost with the similar kind of graphical style. You know, the animation of the characters and just the way it all flows so well. It's just yeah, it, it probably sounds like I'm kind of. You know, uh, um, you know, uh, praising it because you're on the show. But it, it, honestly, <laughs> it, it's just so cool that games like this are still being brought out on the Dreamcast of all consoles. Mm. It's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I can second that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know um, our friend PC Wizard who runs a Dreamcasting channel on yeah. YouTube. He did a really good playthrough as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just yeah. If, if you sh- if you showed that to somebody, you didn't tell them what console it was on, you would automatically think it was on like the PS3 or something or PS4 even, um, just because of the way it all looks and moves. Um, I'm really impressed with the way you got the animation. Like so, it seems so modern because. Even though I love the Dreamcast, when you play Dreamcast games, you can tell they're from a certain period because of the way they look and the way the animation is and that kind of thing. But this kind of breaks those almost like shackles of the the period that the Dreamcast was current, if that makes sense. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it does, and, and you're making blush, Tom. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. You can send me. You can send me. Uh, I'll send you my PayPal details later. So. You can, uh, <laughs> 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 no. um, yeah, but to go back to what you said um, at the beginning of, of your um, story or question or whatever it was, um, yeah, it is true that the uh, fighting mechanism was uh, was influenced by um, by Streets of Rage, just like uh, Beats of Rage. I, I just really like the way it uh, it works. I, I like the flow of it, and mm-hmm. I try to replicate that uh, again, but with with a, a different move set that's uh, that's more suitable for um, yeah for a game of this type. Yeah. I also like the um, sorry, Graham. Uh, oh. I also like the way that the characters, when they spot you, they they kind of do this Metal Gear Solid almost style, like alert that they've, <laughs> they've spotted you and they yeah, come yeah. for you. That, that's really yeah, cool. those, those enemies are snakes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's oh right, yeah. Oh right, well. <laughs> I didn't even make the connection. <laughs> yeah, neither did I. Actually. Wow, brilliant! <laughs> in fact, you start on that. I that, regarding that dual combos. Now you've just mentioned it. Um, there, there's one thing that really impressed me with them is that um, like in a lot of sort of platform games even if like the character would punch or whatever you kind of just just have to punch each enemy but in in this one like there was a bit where Izzy I was, I, was, I was fighting some of the snakes and Izzy was doing her little combo and then she ended with an uppercut but yeah. the, the hit just before the uppercut I'd killed the first enemy and the next enemy was jumping at me and the uppercut went and hit the other enemy and I was like that is brilliant like yeah. normally like you, you the combo sort of would end or you wouldn't be able to hit the other enemies or whatever in like other games but they, it worked like it was actually like she was fighting lots of enemies at once it kind of it worked well with that sort of dynamic almost and that was one thing that really impressed me with the game I was just like that is awesome I'm so happy that happened like did, did um, you mean to do that though Graham? did you mean, mean to do it I didn't mean to do it <laughs> <laughs> genuinely like genuinely I was just I was just tapping away fighting and yeah. and just by chance as 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 he was about to do an uppercut this enemy jumped to me and she just went up and just hit him and it was like ah oh, yes Sat- it is so satisfying because it knocked the enemy back and it gave me a chance to actually get in there and sort of pound on him a bit more it's a yeah, really, really like that. Um, I don't know um, about you, Green, when you first played it, there was a section quite near the beginning of the demo where the walls kind of close you in and then you just get wave after wave of enemies and I, I, I honestly, I couldn't get past that part for about the first oh, really? 20, 20 goes. I just kept getting my ass handed to me oh, and then that... eventually when I did it, I was like, yes! <laughs> uh, I think that's the section that I did the uppercut in, actually, because yeah, some new enemies yeah, like, yeah. spawned in and jumped on me. I was like, <laughs> So yeah, that was cool. Um... Yeah, and just sort of going back a step, actually, to talking sort of about influences of like Streets of Rage, uh, Beats of Rage in the game. Um, obviously, there's a, a main sort of mechanic in the game or a feature in the game where Izzy changes costumes. Um, now, has that got any influence from like Kid Comedian perchance? Because it seems very kind of similar that, you know, she'd put on a costume and be able to get new powers and stuff. I mean, was Kid Comedian a, um, actually an influence to the game or was, was that... Um... 
No, it's. Uh, I think it's it's always a good idea to uh, to get some influence from uh, from other games, because if you try to make up everything yourself, you're an idiot. Because, uh, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, no, it wasn't uh, from uh, from Kid Chameleon. Okay. Uh, the uh, costumes were actually something I I just um, came up again because of uh, things in real life. Uh, so some people just. Um, like to uh, dress up and uh, some of the costumes are actually uh, based on uh, costumes I saw someone wear in real life. Wow. Is it the girl with the purple uh, hair again? Is she, was she dressing yeah, up? Yeah, it's the same one. That's yeah, true. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Who um, is this mysterious... Is she, is she your wife now? Did you marry her? Please tell me that. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's... Uh, unfortunately not. Yeah, but um, uh, anyway... Uh, the, um, th- there are some influences from other games. I just mentioned Streets of Rage, of course. Uh, there's also a, uh, some Sonic uh, influence. Uh, mm. If you look at the um, the, the palm trees in, in mm. Lebanon, and, uh, yeah. the way it's uh, th- that, that really sunny, happy atmosphere. I, I just really love that in Green Hill Zone, and I um, I try to uh, make something similar. And uh, uh, there's also some. Influence from uh, from uh, well, obviously from from uh, games like Metroid and, and such. Uh, mm. In the way um, the uh, levels will eventually be very very uh, very much like a, like a Metroidvania type of uh, game. Now uh, your Kickstarter is uh, is currently sitting on like around twenty thousand five hundred fifty four. It actually kind of went up when I rechecked it uh, three minutes ago. Uh, it has a goal of forty-one thousand three hundred seventy-five. I'm in American dollars, obviously. It's in euro, but mine's, you know, <laughs> uh, converted. Uh, it's got eleven days to go. So, what are your plans uh, once it gets funded? And hypothetically speaking, if it doesn't, what 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 are you going to do with Intrepid? Is he? Uh, well, if it, if it does get funded, obviously the plans are just to um, to work on that, on the game, complete it, and. Uh, Delivered exactly as promised. Um, if hypothetically, if hypothetically, and let's uh, hope not, uh, it doesn't get funded. Uh, well, then, uh, then there's a, a problem, uh, of course, because I don't have uh, unlimited money, so mm. I'll have to <laughs> find a job again. Because right now, uh, this is my job, or as I said potentially just an expensive hobby <laughs> um, and that would also mean that it a lot longer to finish the game if we even decide to complete it because uh, that's something um, we haven't discussed much within the team but right now we're just looking forward to um, we're trying to take a, a positive outlook we're, mm. we haven't really discussed all the possible disastrous uh Alternatives. That's fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know what the rules are on Kickstarters, but I mean, would you be allowed to like maybe go to like Indiegogo or something like that if if the worst came to the worst? I'm sure we'd be allowed to take mm. uh, take our business elsewhere. I mean, if yeah. Kickstarter doesn't work out for you, they, they don't have any, um, they don't own the rights to the project or anything. No, no. 
Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I'm pretty sure because we 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 had to we kickstarted our our magazine Megavisions, our, our mm. sister publication. I'm pretty sure is there's no rules about that or anything. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure you could if you wanted to you could go to Indiegogo or Patreon for example, like yeah. another crowdsourcing site. So yeah, um, yeah, I think I think that's just one thing. Like um, some people might be interested because in, obviously. We we obviously wanted to get funded. We really praying and hoping it does. And um, but yeah, oh, yeah, if it wasn't to get funded, we'd wonder if it you know we continue to reduce capacity or if we just die. Um, and obviously, I don't want that to happen. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's understandable, obviously, why you're do- why you're doing the Kickstarter, why you need it to succeed and stuff. Um, so let's hope, fingers crossed. Really hope it does. <laughs> really hope it does succeed. And yeah. Um, and mm. I mean, after after Intrepid Izzy, um, if it succeeds or if it, if uh, if it doesn't um, doesn't succeed, um, what what does the future hold for CNL team? Do you have like any other plans for games in the works or anything, or are you just focusing on Intrepid Izzy right now and and that's it? I'm just focusing on this right now. Although um, there are some uh, potential side projects. Uh, a friend of mine, um, uh, he was working on. Uh, on a pixel art. Um, it's a sequel to um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Palika's Super Jelly Bean Quest in the Sketchbook. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah. yeah okay, There might yeah. be a sequel in the works for for that one. Um, and uh, but that all depends on you know uh, how much time he has to uh, to make all the pixel art for it because uh, because uh, he's the artist. Um. And he has a normal job too, so. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it, it might. Uh, it might be uh, a nice. Uh, well, uh, just uh, actually another platformer. So um, that, that will actually oh. be the first time that we actually made two games of the same genre. I think. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm not really counting Polika now because we're so small, but. Fair enough. Um, would that be also on the Dreamcast as well? Like, if you were to go on to do that, would that would you be looking at um, newer platforms like the the Xbox, PlayStation, or Switch or something? Uh, well, it depends, really. Uh, I think if uh, if our Kickstarter is successful, then that's a good sign that uh, that the Dreamcast community is still uh, capable of supporting its developers. Uh, if not. Then that really sheds some doubt on on the um, whether it's even uh, sensible to make any Dreamcast games at all mm. anymore. Yeah, that's that's uh, a very good point. That I'd just like to um, sort of reiterate what you've just said there, Rule. Um, the the recent Kickstarter for a a book of uh, Dreamcast images, etc., was funded way past its target. You know, and and it looks like an amazing publication. Don't get me wrong, I I backed it. But the fact that a brand new game of this caliber mm. um, could potentially, potentially not get funded, um, it, it, it boggles the mind. You know, um, how can a game, a brand new game, not get funded? But a book can. I know they're not the same, but it just it leaves me scratching my head a little bit because I would have thought that you know the Dreamcast community is, is quite large. You know, as far as retro communities go. Um, I would have thought that you know a, a brand new game again of this quality would uh, would meet its target quite easily. Yeah, um, fingers, fingers crossed. 
especially because it's also a game you don't really see from a lot of indie developers like you, there's been tons of like uh shoot like shoot 'em ups and stuff and puzzle games coming out on the dreamcast over the years and you know some of them have been for sale some of them have been free downloads and stuff but i have been dying for like a two decent 2d platformers come out i know there have been some that you know free to download and stuff but this is yeah. like this is like the perfect game that i've wanted to play for years on the dreamcast and now it's come along I just, I just really hope it just succeeds, and you know, it gets there, and we all get to play it because uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's an interesting topic. You can draw comparisons between the Dreamcast and, in some cases, current gen systems because there are games that straddle both consoles. So, for example, let's have a look at um, Volgar the Viking, which was released mm-hmm. recently, released on the Switch. Um, that's available on the Dreamcast. Yeah, uh, it's the same game. Um, a game I've been playing quite a lot of, uh, Cave Story. He's also on the Dreamscast and a lot of other consoles. Um, it just proves really, uh, certainly the work that Rule's doing with Intrepid Izzy that there is a, a lot of life left in this hardware. You know, it, it's amazing what developers are, are doing with it, a console which is, you know, nearly 20 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, as you say, like it, the visually and stuff, the game looks like it could be on a, a more modern system. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it's not like the games are looking terrible compared to the current gen. It's, it's looking no. pretty damn good. Um, yeah um so yeah let's fingers crossed um yeah, and okay let's let's uh, we can move on a little bit now i guess um but just 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 one last question really if we were to sneak into your house right now what games would you find sitting in your sega systems other than intrepid izzy <laughs> um right in my um my dreamcast you would find uh the uh, loader tool, which I used to develop uh, the game, so <laughs> you, you wouldn't be able to play that. Um, well, well, I'll have a look. Uh, my uh, my systems are actually very nearby, so let me have a look. <laughs> I think I have Sonic Adventure Two in my Dreamcast right now. Oh, really? What's I have playing uh, that a little bit, yeah. I've got nine Dreamcasts on the shelf next to me and um, <laughs> no, I can't, no be bothered, <laughs> can't be bothered going through every single one to see what's in each of them. So. <laughs> like, you, you play them all. Okay. My, my Mega Drive has the excellent... My Mega Drive has, uh, has uh, Road Rush 2 in it Ooh. and my Saturn, the absolutely brilliant Exhumed. Oh, oh yeah, it's a good game. game. Yes. Very, very difficult, though, I remember. Yeah, I think yeah. I only got to like level. Th- I haven't played it for years. I remember getting to level three and just kept dying or something. But, uh, <laughs> great games, yeah. That's uh, it's called Power Slave in the US, isn't it? Is it? I, yeah, it's got different. I believe so. Yes. Ah, okay. Nice. I'm full of it. Pointless facts like that. I don't know why. Ah, that's a good fact. <laughs> I like that. Awesome. That's good to hear. Um, cool. I mean, do do you want to have a very quick? Um, I, this is more I guess this is actually for more for me and Tom so Martin might be out of this one but do you want to have a very quick uh, quick thoughts on Intrepid Izzy so far Tom? Yeah um, totally uh, I, I don't really want to I don't want to repeat myself because I've already said you know pretty much what I think of the game I think it looks stunning I think it's got a great sense of humour and uh, yeah I just I, you know I'm, I so 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 want this game to get funded and get made because it's just it's just brilliant that's you know that's all I can say um, the, the amount of uh, ingenuity and uh, just it obviously looks like you've let your imagination kind of just 
break free, you know, to create these uh, fantastic looking enemies and and things, you know, and putting all the little references to other games. And uh, I love that. I, I li- it's kind of breaking the fourth wall almost. Like, you know, yes, I like. I'm a developer. I like games, so I'm going to make a game that actually references other games. I love that. You know, it's, it's yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> really good. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd probably be repeating myself a little bit, but yeah, I um, very kindly, I, I was also given a copy of the demo, and I, I really, really enjoyed what I played. Um, it's yeah, I think I think one thing I loved about it, the controls were so tight, like it, mm. it just felt natural. It felt like it felt like a a legitimate retail copy of a game you might have bought back on back in the day on the Dreamcast, you know, um, that Sega might have made, for example. And as you say, you've mentioned many times, visually it looks fantastic. I loved, um, just like, as you say, like little extra animations like the plants and the trees that move and dance around yeah. a bit and the sparkling of the water in the background very much reminds me of Green Hill yes. Zone. Um, and yeah, the, the gameplay's really fun. I, I'm really enjoying the fact that it is a bit of a beat-em-up and platformer, that... Um, you're not just jumping on enemies. Jumping on enemies is fine. I do enjoy that, but it's kind of kind of cool just going into a room and just beating up the enemies and stuff. And uh, the the fight, the combos and stuff are just uh, very easy to pull off. Um, it's not too challenging at all. And then you've also got the costumes. And uh, I think I don't know if the demo has got multiple costumes, but I only found the vampire. Um, sort of yeah. costume. Yeah, that's, so, that's the only one in the demo. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and I was really enjoying that. Um, just sort of turning into a bat and flying around a bit flying around yeah yeah Yeah. and yeah um i i can't really say a bad word about the game and i don't know if the audience just think that me and tom are just you know saying this because um roles on the on the show but genuinely as tom sort of said yeah it's it's a really fun game i really hope it gets funded and uh i want to play more basically Um, yeah yeah i mean one one last tiny question for you Roel um is what is your um, experience with like other indie games on the Dreamcast? Have you have you played any of the more recent releases? I, I know that one came out from Retro Guru recently called Hermes, uh, which is quite good fun. It's like a sort of, not an endless runner, but it's in that kind of style. Um, I, I mean, are you aware of or do you have any? Um, you know, uh, do you speak to any other indie devs? Like, do you? Is there some kind of like secret network going on behind the scenes where all the indie devs talk to each other, or is it just a case of no, we don't share our ideas or anything like that? <laughs> Uh, no, there's, there's nothing uh, secretive uh, going on, but it's uh, oh, disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've played some of the other um, indie Dreamcast releases. I've played um, Wind and Water and oh, yeah. Ducks, and um, probably one of the oh yeah, Gunlord. Oh yeah, that's a great game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, except in Gunlord, I uh, I just. Always got stuck at the same uh, in the same uh, area, so uh, <laughs> I never actually finished it. No, me neither. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, a, it's a very impressive game. Uh, that, that, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I really like uh, I like indie games that I've uh, played on the Dreamcast. You know what would be really cool is if like all of the indie dev talent from the Dreamcast like formed like a supergroup and created like <laughs> a, an ultimate like indie Dreamcast game. <laughs> That'd be amazing. If I win the lottery, I'm going to do that. I'm going to fund that. So, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm in. <laughs> Fingers crossed awesome. for the millions next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that as well. Let's do this. Let's get on there. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I, if we've got time, I think we can very quickly round off the show with a bit of uh, what we've been playing. Uh, Martin, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, the past, I guess, 
I, I'm still playing Sonic Mania, so that's a, still a thing. Um, <laughs> I, I'm on. Uh, I think it's like the third, the last one. If I, because I was like looking, I'm like I passed like already six or seven zones. I'm like, what the fuck? I thought it was over yet, but uh, I have like two or three left. Uh, I'm on the one where it like turns. Uh, the, the whole like environment turns into like a gas thing. You have to pull the lever so it oh, clears okay. up again. Yeah, uh, like yeah. <laughs> and then it like it like like does it like every couple seconds, you know. Oh. So like you know, and then you lose rings. So no. there's that that, that thing. Awful. I've got um on I've got it on Switch and on PS4, um, and on both versions I cannot get past. Is it flying? You have to there's... kill. Area zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big mo- like a spider at the end that kind of comes down, and you have to like spin around on the poles at the side. And yeah, I can't, can't do that. I'm terrible. That took me a while too myself. <laughs> it was, uh, and I think that that's the one where where like fans actually kind of uh, thought like they came up with like an alternative character. Oh like, yes, yes. Yeah, oh that one. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to They're like, what, yeah, what that looks like the girl, like a girl, and like Agate <laughs> or whatever. They 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 like the. Ch- change yeah. the name but um yeah i thought that was uh, fascinating like that's all i see <laughs> that's all i see now so yeah that's uh but it's sonic mania and oh god okay yeah that's oil ocean zone that's the one i'm on I, i'm pretty did i pass that one <laughs> i think there's a few more okay yeah i think i'm a reef zone now so that's one after oil ocean zone okay Hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's like two or three more zones after that. So I'm close. I do want to beat this because I hate, like, you know, playing this. And then I, like, I didn't throw the controller, but I got pissed off because I couldn't beat a particular <laughs> zone. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave this be. I'll come back to it. And I did. And then I got stuck on this zone. And now <laughs> it's been like a week or so. I've also played the Battlefront 2 beta, mm. um, which I thoroughly enjoyed personally. So, so that Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars Battlefront 2, yes. Awesome. Is it is it just multiplayer only, or is it is story mode? Available? Uh, there's no story mode in the beta. It's only the uh, multiplayer. You know, just kind of I guess so they could test out the servers and so people mm-hmm. give them feedback and stuff. Uh, it, I feel like it's probably been mixed just because some people don't like the loot crate idea. Some people say it's pay to win, but I don't see it that way. I think this, I think it's completely revamped, honestly, from the first one. There's definitely more content. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Awesome. <clears throat> cool. Uh, uh, Shall I go next? Uh, I was going to say rule, but... Uh... Oh. Yeah, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, um, I've been... Uh, well, for the past few weeks, I've only been working very hard on the Kickstarter, so I haven't had any time to play games, unfortunately. But before that, I was also playing uh, Sonic Mania. Uh, I, I did manage to finish it. Um, it took me a lot of attempts to actually uh, get the Chaos Emeralds. I think the uh, the special stage is a lot harder than I uh, than I remember from the other Sonic games. Mm. Oh yeah, the, the running, the like Sonic yeah. type thing, yeah, 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 that thing. <laughs> it says it's, uh, the, the only way I managed to get the fifth one is because of a, a, a bug that uh, if you walk in a, a certain place, then the UFO just turns around. Um, <laughs> that's the only way I managed to get it. I, I don't think I'd have gotten it otherwise. I, I'd already tried twenty times. Wow! Uh, but yeah, I, I, I did eventually get all the uh, chaos emeralds, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's brilliant. I, I really like it. 
Um, well, obviously, because it's almost like uh, like a Mega Drive game. And, yeah. Uh, I just loved Sonic on the Mega Drive. Yeah. Awesome. And um, before that, I was playing uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on uh, my PlayStation 4. Oh, is that any good? Which, uh, which really, yeah, it's... Uh, well, I... I'm a bit biased because a friend of mine uh, worked on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's really brilliant, and, um, and you should definitely give it a try. Uh, I don't actually have a PlayStation 4, but I want to get one, and that's one of the, the games that really sort of made me want to get one, actually. I was like looking at it again. That seems like a pretty cool game, actually. Um, Great. Yeah. When, when we end... series, you know, Yakuza yeah. is good, too. When, when we spoke about owner a couple of weeks ago and you said you asked me I've had an Xbox and I was like what? You have an Xbox? <laughs> you, that's it. <laughs> it's not fair. All my friends used to have Xboxes now they have Playstations. <laughs> I'm happy playing Halo on my own damn it. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. Oh dear. Um, Tom. Do you maybe, you should, maybe you should rename it Solo then. <laughs> maybe. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, me, I, I, I kind of, um, I play, you know, like when you read a book and then you put it down and then you start another book, I'm kind of like that with games. So I'll start mm-hmm. one thing and then I'll pick something else up and then I'll have like multiple games on it all at the same time. And I just jump in and out of them all. So it's quite the list that I'm playing at the moment. So on the switch, I'm playing, um, uh, legend of Zelda breath of the wild. Um, Ooh. and FIFA 18. I think I'm the only person in the UK that bought that game. According to the, uh, <laughs> sales figures. Um, it's actually really good. It's just FIFA, but, is it different to the PS4 and Xbox One versions, or? Yes, it's 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 quite um, like there's quite a lot of things that are not in the uh, yeah. in the Switch version. Uh, the graphics engine is completely different as well. It's using the old engine from the PS3 and the Xbox oh, okay. uh, 360, so it's not using the Frostbite engine that the uh, the new version on the PS4 and Xbox One is using. But you know, it's not really about the graphics for that little contraption, is it? It's all about the, mm. the game. It's good fun. I like like FIFA, so yeah, it's cool. Um, Wolverblade, a game I mentioned earlier, is a game uh, based in sort of uh, pre-Roman uh, Britain, where the Romans have invaded, and you play as a um, like a, 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 a warrior from a, a Scottish like village, and they're trying to repel the Roman invasion. It's really well written, and, and it's all done in. Um, it's, it almost looks a little bit like Intrepid Izzy. It's kind of a side-scrolling beat 'em up. Um, but the guy who made the game, a guy called Michael Heal, he's actually a friend of mine. He um, he's well into his history, so it's all ah. quite factually correct. So you can pick up uh, artifacts and stuff, and then a screen will pop up saying, "In Roman Britain, da 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 da," you know, and it'll tell you a little bit about you know Roman culture, etc. Oh, uh, cool. It's quite yeah, it's really cool. It's side-scrolling beat 'em up. It's quite gory as well. Um, on the PS4, I've been playing Gran Turismo Sport. Uh, the data came out for that last week um, I don't I don't particularly like I don't think it's as good as Drive Club uh, to be honest but, <laughs> um, and that's pretty much I've been playing on the PS4 on the Dreamcast as, as, apart from Intrepid Izzy I've also been playing uh, Cave Story another game I mentioned earlier um, I don't know if you know much about the, the Dreamcast version of Cave Story um, it was actually it was ported to the Dreamcast in 2013 and it wasn't like given an official release or anything it was just like a homebrew thing um, and then uh, it was available to download and put onto an SD card so you could play it off an SD reader and somebody created a, a burnable 
disc image as well. But now, if you try and find that online, it's it's very hard to find. It's all broken links and oh. missing pages and things. And I was on eBay last week, just scrolling like mindlessly through, and I spotted a boxed copy of Cave Story for the Dreamcaster. Someone has obviously made this themselves, printed out um, covers front and back, and the disc has got like printed you know artwork on it, and it's in a PAL case. Um, wow. And I saw it on eBay for like ten quid. I thought I'm having that because I've heard of that game. I've never played it, but I've heard good things. And yeah, I've been playing it. It's like a pixel art, two D um, platformer uh, with some shooting elements in it, and uh, it's got a really weird sense of humour. It's a bit kind of Monty Python esque in places. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a surprise because even though it's been available since 2013, I'd, I'd never really put any like I'd never really looked into it and it's just a massive surprise that this game is you know it's been available for how many years and uh, it's also on like Switch and I think it's on Vita as well and 3DS uh, yeah, yeah it, I mean it's not perfect when the when the um, character goes from screen to screen or when you go from one area to the next the music kind of skips um, and it's a bit weird but apart from that it, it plays perfectly well and yeah it's a really really cool game Awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's um, that's what I've been playing. Sorry for going on so long. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you, you continue, Graham. What have you been playing? Okay, I'll try and quickly round off my stuff. So obviously, I've been playing a bit of Intrepidizzy, just the demo, um, as I've made my comments earlier. Um, terrible game. No, amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, Has he gone yet? Has he gone? It's real gone yet. <laughs> going to put that in a yeah. soundbite later. <laughs> oh, yeah, advertising the podcast. What's well, going on there, play? No, no, it's great. Um, I've also been playing Total War Warhammer 2. Um, Sega kindly sent me a copy. Um, I actually got it after it was released, though, because um, I didn't think I'd have time. I thought I would have time, but I actually had less time to play it than I thought. Um, so I'm only sort of kind of in the early stages of it. It's a really tough game. Um, I've only played Total War. I've, I haven't really played Total War that much. I've played some of the earlier ones. I think I remember playing Rome 2 and some of the other ones. Medieval 2, I think, as well, or something. I played um, Medieval, yeah. Yeah. And I love, I do love the Total War games, but I've never really had a PC that can handle the other ones. And now I do have a PC to get handle it. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And it's got loads more to it than I ever remembered. Like, you have to, like, when you take over, like, a city, for example, like, if you defeat an enemy in a city and you take over the city, you have to, like, make sure the occupants are kind of happy and stuff. And it's, like, political stuff. You can make trade routes with other nations and stuff. It's all, there's loads of stuff going on. So it's not just the fighting aspect, which, oh, that's all I can remember from the other Total Wars, just fighting. But this has got loads more stuff to it. And it's, it's kind of overwhelming at the start. Um, also, I know very little about Warhammer. I know bits and pieces, but I guess it doesn't really matter too much. But they, uh, they try and introduce it. It's, it's a cool game though. Like the, the battles are awesome. They're really fun. Uh, yeah, just. Will you be reviewing that? Will you be reviewing I, that? I will be reviewing I'll be reviewing on Sega Nerds. We've also got a review in Negavisions as well, which uh, mm-hmm. our, our other writer Dan's actually doing that one. And uh, yeah, so uh, he's had, he's I think his thoughts were very good on the game so far. It's it's a cool game. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's just one of those games that if you don't really play it, you don't you can't really. I guess you can't really understand how much depth there is to it. There's so much to it. It's crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, and other than that, I've been playing a game that's it's a Dreamcast game that's semi recent. It's actually been out for a few months mm. now, but I managed to get a hold of it recently. It's called Escape 2042. Um, yeah. It's by Orion Software. It's uh, he's a small. It's actually I think it's just a one guy team who makes yeah, indie, it is, yeah. indie, indie games. And unfortunately, actually, I don't know if you know Tom. He sort of decided to sort of stop making games 
almost professionally through the store. Like um, he sort of says he might make him in spare time, but yeah. I read that on Sega Nerds. Ah, oh, excellent. There you go. Yeah. SegaNerds.com. Have you heard of it? <laughs> plug. Yeah. I guess it's like preaching to the choir, though, since this is a Sega Nerds podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a cool game, though. It's, um, it's actually on the Mega Drive as well and the Dreamcast. And if you buy the Mega Drive and the Dreamcast version, you can put the Dreamcast CD in the Mega CD and enhances the audio for the Mega Drive version. Um, so it's kind of like... Awesome. Um, yeah, I can't. I, it's, I think some old Mega Drive, some old games back in the day used to do that on the Mega CD, wasn't it? Or was it the 32X? You could plug 32X in. 32X used to do that. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of a similar thing as that. And I've only really played the Dreamcast version so far, and the music is awesome. Like it's it's really catchy and like really gets in your head and stuff. Uh, much like Intrepid, is he? Go and do, go and check out the Kickstarter now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, awesome seriously, it's yeah, really good music. The graphics are very basic. It's very pixel arty. Um, no real fancy things to it at all. Very simple animation, but it works really well. And it's kind of essentially you you've you've got like a, a single screen area that you're into you're like a room in a single screen at screen and you have to go into these little computer monitors and you've got to hack hack them basically it's a little basic you have to follow the the pattern of left right up down or something and once you hack it it will then either activate or deactivate um like a a security feature like a like a, a, a laser beam or whatever and you've got to try and make your way through each room um and but the rooms are all interconnected and you can kind of go back on yourself and stuff so something you've got to get key, you might have to find a key for one room so you have to go through several rooms to get the key and you've got to make your way back and the traps will reset themselves and mm. so you're trying to go through the room like a different direction and trying to work out so at the start it's very basic but it gets harder and harder and it's really enjoyable also very frustrating there's one room that had like a laser beam near the floor and i just i have to basically run and jump over it and there's also security cameras if the security camera sees you you die um and i just could not time it about 30 times i just ran straight into the room died 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 because it loads <laughs> it pretty much loads instantly after you die and i was just like it's just one of those things that my brain was just getting tired i was like just run die just run die like, ah! but really fun when i got past that i was like oh my god that was so intense uh, <laughs> it, sounds really co- it does sound really cool i mean i i, I think i'm gonna get that um one of the guys who writes for the Dreamcast Junkyard, Mike Phelan, he was going to review it a couple of uh, months ago, but um, for some reason he, he never got around to doing it. So I've not actually seen any like reviews or anything like that. So cool. I'd be uh, quite intrigued to uh, to play that. Yeah. Well, mm. I'm, I'm reviewing it for Megavisions magazine, issue number five. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's actually going to come in the the magazine, um, in the, which we hope to lo- launch in a couple of weeks' time, uh, all depending on timing and stuff. But yeah, so it should be out soon. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been playing. Um, yeah, awesome stuff, guys. Um, I think I can round up the show, I guess. Um, so I just want to thank the guests again. Thank you so much, uh, Rule and uh, Tom, for coming on, and thanks for us letting us fire questions at you, um, and Tom with his incredible Dreamcast knowledge and crazy fun facts. Uh, I don't know about that. I just got Google open. I just Google everything. <laughs> Google along. <laughs> Good no, researcher. It's been, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for, for letting me come on the uh, the Nerdcast. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, excellent stuff. Yeah, and um, again, um, if you want to check out Intrepid Izzy, uh, is, uh, check out uh, Kickstarter. You can either type in Senile Team in the search or Intrepid Izzy, and it should come up with the page. Um yeah, it's it's only got eleven days left, I think, as we as we're recording this. So it might be ten days yes. by the time we get the nerdcast out. Um, but yeah, so just over a week to go. Um, it's just over half. I think it's about halfway on this on this 
goal funding it's a really fun game really cool um uh it's got definitely got the sega nerds and i guess the dreamcast junkyard seal of approval so if, if okay. that's if that's what it takes go and go and go and play and back it um yeah and um yeah if you want to know more if you want to check out more of sega nerds um saganerds.com you can follow us on twitter at sega nerds facebook at the sega nerds or if you really want to email us sega nerds at gmail.com also check out our sister publication megavisions magazine it's available on android ios windows store as well you can check it out um yeah so um tom uh, do you have any um like plugs for the dreamcast junkyard do you want to shout outs you want to do for that uh yeah if you want to if you if you have a burning desire to read my drivel uh please feel free to go on to google and just type dreamcast uh, it'll pop up or you can go to <laughs> the dreamcastjunkyard.co.uk i think it is uh, <laughs> and you can follow us on twitter at the dc junkyard and on facebook it's just dreamcast junkyard thank you for uh, uh, I would just I would just like to plug Dreamcast Junkyard. Tom does excellent work there. He he does some really cool stories, like little cool features about stuff that he finds. Like um, as with the, the Dream Shell one you sort of did uh, recently. Um, the oh the, the the compact flash modded Dreamcast and stuff. You're looking and yeah. investigating it and stuff. The stuff like that is really cool. And uh, sometimes you you bring up games that are like um, rare finds and stuff to do with the Dreamcast, and it's always really fascinating reading that stuff. I love it. Yeah, thank you very um, much. Yeah, and uh, rule for Senile Team. If you wanna, do you want to plug anything further? Um, we've got any um, like your website you want to shout out about or social media? Um, well, uh, if you want to back the Kickstarter, go to uh, intrepidizzy.com or to senileteam.com and um, you'll find uh, you'll find the link to the Kickstarter there. Cool. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> do it now. Cool. Give him your money. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, I think that'll do it. Unless anyone wants to butt in in the next two seconds, um, that's it for the show. Um, thanks, thanks for listening, guys, and thanks again to my guests. And uh, yeah, catch you later. When I play Terminator Two with the Sega Menacer, I'm not afraid of deadly hunter killers, the indestructible T1000, endless endoskeletons, the evil Skynet. Give your Aunt Bertha a big kiss. Well, almost nothing. <laughs>